Today's episode is supported by Fierce Watch Company and the Fierce Brunswick Midas. Fierce Watches surprised us all earlier this year with the unexpected release of their iconic Brunswick and Platinum. As the desire for luxury materials increases, there have never been more timepiece options available for us to indulge in. And for those wanting to begin their exploration into the world of precious metal watches, Fierce offers a Brunswick that fits in quite perfectly, the Midas. The Fierce Brunswick Midas isn't just any gold case. Fierce starts with a bronze case that is hand polished for an entire day. After that, the Midas undergoes a unique dual gold finishing process that coats the watch in layers of 18 karat rose gold, followed by a layer of 9 karat yellow gold. This dual finishing offers a stunning warm gold color unlike a traditional gold case. The process is actually so thorough and extensive that Fierce is only able to produce a few of these pieces each year. It was during our meeting with Nicholas from Fierce Watches a few years ago that we first got a glimpse of how special the Midas really is. The combination of bronze, rose gold, and yellow gold left a warrant that is often missed with gold watches. And of course, the 38mm cushion case is such a pleasure to have on any wrist size. Head over to FierceWatches.com to explore the Midas for yourself and be sure to check out the rest of the Fierce collection. Hey everyone, welcome to the 10 and 2 podcast. I'm Kat. I'm Catlin. And we're here every week talking watches, photography, adventure, and exploring the world of horology. What's going on, Kat? You're back. I'm back. Yeah. Again. From your from your second vacation to the beach without me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I would much rather bring you with me. Oh, I know, I know. I know. It might I'm be just making a you feel bad. Situation, but <laughs> I would much rather. I would have a much better time. I'm so jealous. Um, yeah, I've been <sighs> really jealous. Trying to convince my husband to go to the beach is like the worst thing in the world. He's just not a beach guy. Ten and two goes to the beach. Yeah, I know. I know. That's, that's what should happen. Yeah, we record on the, right on the beach with oh the water. Oh, my God. That what? would be amazing. Like oh, yeah. Just literally just throw out a blanket and just lay there, yeah. get tan, recording a podcast. You are very tan. I know that I, you guys <laughs> listening can't see her, but she is about 10 shades darker than I am right I, now. So I did. I got burnt my first day. Like, yeah. I just wasn't. It's hard, I feel like. You're trying to judge Staying the sun, t- too. Yeah, yeah. And I was already, t- I had, had a good base tan yeah. because I was literally just at the beach a month ago. Um, so I did, I burnt like really bad on my back and shoulders. That's why I'm wearing kind of like a, like I was, when we texted earlier, you were like, oh, yeah. I'm just in sweatpants. And I was like, oh, I'm in this like suit. It's fine. Like I'm in a casual dress. It's yeah. Fine. And then I like looked at my arms and shoulder. I was like, oh, no, let's put this up. <laughs> Like you literally terrible. like put a sweater on too. <laughs> well, it's rainy here. Yeah. Also, shout out Nashville. I get back into town and it's pouring rain today. Yeah. I literally get on the interstate to come here and uh-huh. stand still traffic. Yep. And I was just like, oh, I yep. hate this city. That's life. That's Nashville. That life. is Nashville. But no, life is good. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad you're back. Um, me too. Yeah. I'm glad I'm done. This is the hard thing. Like when you have kids is like you're traveling like your vacations really kind of have to be done during summer mm-hmm. when like there's no school also when everyone else is going on vacation it, when everybody else is and I don't ever feel settled like every summer it's you know with with a custody schedule like we each get two full weeks of vacation yeah and then like so you have to 
you know, obviously like we have to schedule it around each other's weeks and holidays yep. and things. It's, it's so hard. Yeah. Um, this is why like, I, I, I like every aspect of my life scheduled because it has to be that way. So it, uh, it winds up being like bat to back. I don't enjoy, it's a very first world problem. I get it that yeah. I have, I have to go on vacation like mm-hmm. bat to back, but it's very exhausting. Like I'm just ready to be back and like, I know my boss is ready for me to not leave work for a while. Uh, it seems like last week was a very stressful week. So I dread going to work tomorrow. Oh, um, but yeah, it's it's not so bad. Yeah. I have uh, no kids, so I don't have to worry about any of that. <laughs> team, team no kids over here. Team no kids. Team no kids is not the worst team to be on. So Yeah. Um, and yeah. we and that's what we have in mind. Like when we plan our vacations, we're like, ooh, let's wait till like school starts. So then like we can go yes. when everyone's like started school. Yes. <laughs> I don't, I don't blame you yeah. at all. It's, it's really, it's so hard. And then, you know, I obviously like we could go during Christmas break, but that's not really an option because yeah. again, custody schedules and, and time like with family and all that. And yeah. yeah, it's hard. And you know, we always say that, like we're always planning vacations like around like when school is technically supposed to be in session, at least here in the States it yeah. is. And I remember we went on that Alaskan cruise and there was so many kids on there on the ship. I was people like, don't care. yeah, I guess people just like my mom would never like we only no, went on vacations like during breaks and like during the summer. Yeah. But I know people who like pull their kids out of school for a week in yeah. the middle of the school year. Now, given last year would have been great when yeah. they were all like, you know, homeschooled mm-hmm. or whatnot. Then you couldn't go many places yeah, either. Yeah, it just sucks. You couldn't go anywhere. Yeah. But, you know, it was just like, man, like, you know, there was definitely a time where it's like, hey, maybe we leave a little early to go somewhere and mm-hmm. because he can just do his schoolwork in the car. Yeah. <laughs> I know? mean, that, that's honestly, that's true. And like, I know a lot of kids that are homeschooled growing up that like, they got to do that too. Yeah. They could kind of go everywhere and like. Well, I feel that's also kind of the benefit of work from home, right? Mm-hmm. It's like you're not necessarily tied. I'm to, still pretty tied. You're to tied my... to like Wi-Fi. <laughs> Very much so, Wi-Fi and like. Well, you're tied to Wi-Fi and like a shit ton of computer equipment, photography equipment, yeah. and everything else. Yeah. Um, but I feel like most people are just tied to like one computer and Wi-Fi. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, but it would be nice, but. How was how was your week? It was good. It was. I mean, I'm we're really busy right now. Um, a lot of fun things happening at Watchanista, and yeah, I've been busy shooting a bunch of watches, which yeah. is you know kind of the dream for me. So um, very exciting, very exciting stuff. Can't that's really awesome. say what it is just yet. Um, that's why I'm being very vague, but keep an eye out. Eyes peeled. Eyes peeled. No, it's yeah. so awesome. I, and I know I've I've messaged you this, but like literally I get so excited anytime an article comes out Aww. for a project that like I know you were you were like the the Father's Day Jack Daniels yeah. uh Bulova yeah. article. Like I was Aww. so excited to see it Thank because you. I just wanted to see the photography because like yeah. I was I had the phone calls and the text messages of like you knew the else. backstory like, of everything. Yeah. I knew, you know, I knew how like, and this was your first big shoot and yeah. all by yourself. Yeah. And I was, it was I was so definitely nervous. I was um, incredibly nervous. And then like the, because I get like the behind the scenes. Yeah, and then I get to see it all. So thank you. It's very, it's oh, you're making me blush. And it's nice because <laughs> I think. Uh, I was on Instagram earlier and uh, Brodinky, who is like an awesome like watch me. Yeah. You guys don't follow him. So funny. He's so funny. Yeah. Um, But he had posted something about like, you know, when you look at the, uh, when you see a wrist shot, hang on. Because I'm going to try it. (laughs) You don't butcher the joke. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. (laughs) All right. We got to do him proud here. (laughs) 
It was uh, when you come across older shots from years ago and then uh, it just basically says, oh, honey, no. What were you thinking? Oh, yeah. And so like I feel like your photo. I mean, your photography in just such a short period of time has gotten so amazing. Well, yours too. So next level. And it's really cool that you get to do that. Now. Yeah. And it is crazy. Like, yeah. Like, did you? I mean, six months ago, a year ago, when you left your, when you were, I wouldn't have left my job for it. (laughs) Yeah. You were furloughed. And and that's kind of the thing. I think it's so easy to, to think about like the downsides of COVID. And yes, there Mm -hmm. are, there are so many downsides of COVID. I'm not negating any of that, but like, there's also things that like you get to do that you never would have had a chance to do. Honestly, I don't think this podcast would be where it's at if it weren't for COVID because we were able to really, you know, we were both home. Mm -hmm. We were able to really put a lot of focus on it that we didn't get to do before. Yeah. And then hated our lives when we went back to work. (laughs) Because it was like, wait, we still have to do like all this stuff and now like our jobs again. I know. I but know. No, uh, I mean, and, and yeah. you got to focus so much on the photography and yeah. then, you know, you, you took some other jobs where you probably wouldn't have before. No. And it's just kind of led you to this. I know. So it's, it's it is. It is because of COVID and because of everything that happened. And I have to kind of like look on the bright side of things. Yeah. And, this podcast has gone so far because of that too. And, you know, we grew incredibly during those few, like, especially during those like first few months of COVID, like yeah. during the summer when we were both off and we were pumping out two episodes a week and just like oh going crazy. Could you imagine <laughs> trying to do two episodes a week again? We would oh die. Oh my God. There's no way. <laughs> As we're like, hey guys, we're every other week for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, we're, we're doing once a month now. Yeah, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. No, we, um, yeah. Yeah, it, we we just like pumped out as much as we could. We yeah. weren't doing much though, you know. We had we didn't, our lives didn't have much. Going well, when on. it was it was people were home. Like yeah. that. I mean, that was when well, we met Josh and Vivi. Uh, you know, when we were in California, yeah. and then like we were able to like get to know them even better. Yeah. And so like, re- I feel like relationships were built that like we wouldn't have no. really been able to. Before. And and we were talking about this earlier because we're we're both itching to go to wind up uh, yes. come fall. Knock on wood that it happens. But you know, we we want to meet some of these brand owners that we've been talking to, and and one of them that in particular is VJ from from Oris. He is the North American CEO, VJ Geronimo, and. We have become so close to him. And when you reminded me like, oh, we're going to meet him for the first time. And I yeah. thought, oh, I haven't met him already. It feels like I've met him. If We've talked to him so much. And it's just, it's such a crazy thought. And, and even like Jonathan from Brew and the guys from Notice and like all these people that like, it almost feels like we know them and we have met them, but we haven't. Yeah. And it's just kind of shocking to me. It, it's so, it's so weird. I feel like how close you can be to people that you've actually never spoken to in yeah. your life it's, like, it's outside of a phone call or a zoom or yeah. like instagram messages and I yeah i mean it it's it's absolutely insane and i do i really do hope that um wind up can happen in the fall i saw there's a wind up pop-up shop yeah um which is i think it's coming up here pretty soon if it hasn't already right? happened yeah yeah uh, check the podcast let's, let's check the quick. podcast <laughs> No, I think it I think it is coming up soon. Let's see. Wind up. But I think that's more of a like look at some of our products that we yeah, sell. Yeah. But I mean it's still kind of cool. It, it to me it, it's kind of like a okay, maybe it's actually going to happen. Yeah. Like they're having a pop-up yeah. event. I think also I do think it's um I think you have to have appointments if okay. I remember correctly. 
I, and, and it's interesting to think of like how wind up is going to happen because it is in New York, you know, and the logistics of that happening with a lot of people. But uh, if it if it's going to happen at all, you can will guarantee that we're going to be there for sure. Yeah, one hundred percent. We were joking about. This. I'll, I'll like, cry if I can't go. <laughs> no, we're going. We're going. <laughs> we're totally going. I don't know like when or or where we're going to make it happen or what. Okay, so the summer pop-up shop will be from July 23rd to August 1st okay. in New York City. Yeah, so so I feel like to me that that is yeah. a much it, it gives me gives me hope. Yeah. So um, if you guys didn't know about that, you can head over to the Wanda or the Warner One website yeah. or the Wanda Watch Shop website, um, and I think you just kind of sign up for it. But yeah, I I hope so because I, so I do. I want to meet so many of these faces that we talk to all the time. I know, including listeners, including listeners that are out there too. Um, well, before we get started with our show today, what are you wearing on the wrist? I'm wearing something very exciting yeah. that we have in for review that we've been like obsessed over since we saw the press release. Yes. That I've been obsessed over before I even knew it was going to happen because yeah. I've been wanting this watch, but it was way too big. Mm-hmm. So uh, I am wearing the new IWC Big Pilots 43 millimeter um, Vivi over at IWC was so kind enough to send this over test check out. Um, and she sent us the blue dial, which yeah. to me is like, it's the best one. Yeah. Right. Like it's so, it's so interesting because it's, we were talking about this. It's impossible to photograph and get it to look blue. Yeah. Wait, wait get it to look blue. Really? Yeah, I find that it always looks black or dark. Really? Yes. Maybe it's my lighting. I've also not set it <laughs> under like professional studio lighting yet. Yeah. But I feel like it, and, and in certain angles, like it definitely certain angles, looks yeah. very dark. Yeah. Um, I really just need to like sit down <laughs> and like really, really put some effort into it. Yeah. Um, but no, it's super exciting. It, it's so cool. I, it amazes me how, I'm not saying this is not a small watch, right? Like mm-hmm. 43 millimeters is still big. Yeah, but it wears yeah. so Way freaking good. And like, I was really surprised because I thought, Nah, this is probably still going to be really big for me, mm-hmm. but it wasn't. Yeah, like it really wasn't. In fact, we were talking about the forty-three millimeter Moser earlier, the Pioneer, and yeah. I think this wears smaller than that. Yeah, um, it's just amazing what case shape lugs and everything else can kind of come together. But yeah, it's a beautiful watch. The dial is just stunning, and like the loom on this thing. Let me tell you. Okay, first of all, <laughs> I did a loom test with it when I got when, I, when I got in. Like cats level of excitement <laughs> right now, so. I, I was like, because I had walked in from outside and I was like, holy shit, like this thing is like really powerful. It's super bright. And so the brightest watch that I have in my entire collection was my Submariner. So uh-huh. I, like, I grabbed my sub, grabbed the IWC, put the black light on both. And I got to say, like the IWC just blew it out of the water. Yeah. It's so bright. Like, it, I mean, and get it. I, I It's a pilot's watch, right? You need this thing to be extremely legible. And it is. And like just seeing those numerals, it's just so good. Yeah. It's incredible. No, I think, and I think exactly like what you said. Yeah. A dive watch has to be legible too, but everything about a dive watch is so much more compact. But mm-hmm. I mean, a pilot's watch is literally all dial. Yeah. Like that's all it has. It's so like big numerals big, on it. Huge numerals. Yeah. I, I don't know why I don't own a pilot's watch. Same. I did. You did. To, to be to fair. Be fair. <laughs> <laughs> I owned a pilot's watch. Um, but yeah, like it, they're so clean. They're so classic, yeah. but like they're not minimalist mm-hmm. clean. Like, you know, I really want to love brands like, like uh, Youngin's uh, much, much more, but like it's yeah. too minimalist. Too to much. Me. Yeah. Um, 
So I just love the sporty aspect of a pilot's watch. Yeah. I love the the big crown. I, I'm obsessed with it. I am too. Um, it looks so good. And yes. like, it is so easy to unwind it. And like, oh my gosh, like when you're trying to fiddle with these little tiny dive watches <laughs> and their crowns and like, then you go to that, you're like, wow, this is so much easier. Yeah, like why does every watch have this huge Yeah, and, and I had a few people ask me like, oh, is it digging in your wrist? And I was like, no, not really. Like I could see if I was wearing it right up against my hand, how yeah. it would. But if you wear it normally, like I just, I don't think it would be a big issue. I feel like there's always going to be times where no matter what watch you wear it's going to dig into your wrist yeah it's just based off of what but i'm also not going to go like doing. work out in my watch either yeah. where it's going to do that yeah exactly and i think that you have to be you still have to be a realist when you look at watches like this mm-hmm. for me i've been waiting for a smaller size because just the size of the watch was too big on my of, of the original 46 yeah. millimeter you know we both have like about just under a six and a half inch wrist, something mm-hmm. somewhere around there. Yeah. And it just, it looks like a dinner plate. And I want to love that watch so much more. Yeah. So when, when this was announced and, you know, a smaller size, it's smaller. It's also thinner. Yeah. That's the thing too. Really like thin. the case profile is so much better than the original. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, it looks phenomenal on the wrist. So yeah, I'm okay with the fact that you, there's going to be a big crown. If I bend my wrist super awkwardly, it's going to dig into my head. Yeah. But also that would happen with probably my Speedmaster, the pushers on it, something like that. Like if I, if I were digging my wrist in that way, it's going to happen. Yeah. And I think that there has to be a bit of an expectation but yeah i i love this watch so it also has an easy uh this one has the easy strap change yeah so we got it on the bracelet and Mm -hmm. we got a rubber strap which Mm -hmm. i love that like we were able to really kind of play around with how y'all when they say easy like it's easy (laughs) yeah like i mean it was it was so convenient you could just on the fly go and switch out from bracelet to strap did you need a special tool not to change the actual, um, the not size, to change the, uh, the strap or the, the rubber strap just to, to kind of go bracelet. back and forth. You could just yeah, do it. You, literally. You just push a little button and it pops up. See how easy, like, oh my gosh, you're running late in the morning, but you're like, oh my gosh, I want to change my strap. Maybe this doesn't look good. Yeah, Bam. You're done. done. You don't have to go digging it. Like I have to go dig for like a strap changing tool. First of all. Yeah. And like my, you know, you see my like, I don't know what you call them over there. They're kind your, of bins, bins, I guess. Yeah, um, same. I have bins in my... Yeah, yeah and I have to just like go until something tools. cuts me when I'm like digging through it. And like <laughs> I'm like, oh, there it is because it just poked the crap out of me. <laughs> but well, that's nice. Yeah. And, and inevitably like... <laughs> I don't know why. I because my watch is always the last thing I put on. Yeah. And I always want to change my strap out. I like have just put lotion on my legs, on my hands, and You're everywhere. Like, yeah. So like I'm trying to like change a use my springboard tool to change my watch strap out with slippery hands. You're asking for a big <laughs> oh, accident, yeah. like a like bloody the accident. That like I haven't caught tetanus from like no, doing these things. It's a miracle. Um but no, it's it's super easy. I, I'm very much so swooning over this uh the sizing the bracelet not quite so easy um it, it definitely it takes a little bit of a finagling um also there there wasn't any videos but here's the thing also we we got the watch by itself we yeah. didn't get it with the box and papers and and, no, and there no, may no. be instructions to to iwc's benefit there may be instructions in 
that and maybe when you buy it from an AD, like they, they might tell they you. They should be able to tell so you. So we were like if trying you, to figure it out. You need own. to know, like shoot me a message. <laughs> if you have this watch and you need to know, I got it now. Yeah. Um, so the sizing in it, it's very different from any other watch that I've ever sized. Yeah. Like I'm very familiar, you know, I can use small tools. I can um, size all sorts of watches. This was very different. Once you understand like what you're doing, it is a very, very simple process. Yeah. It's just something that you also want to make sure like you, you have on a clean table because literally every piece of the link comes separate. Yeah. Um, so you just want to make sure you have like a kind of clean, organized workplace to put mm -hmm. it back in. Um, and it just takes a little bit like a, of common sense and kind of thinking about like what way everything goes. But yeah. it is easy. Uh, shout out to Vivian. <laughs> Finally, like <laughs> I gave it like two days and I was like, I quit. I can't figure <laughs> this thing out. Um, and I messaged her and she, she found some IWC video like deep in the dark internet or something <laughs> that had the instructions. So, um, but no, it, it, yeah, that's the, that's the only thing is it's just, it's not that it's, it's wrong. It's just mm -hmm. different from everything. Else yeah. You and you're, if you've never done with. it before, yeah. like you, and you also like, you don't want to scratch your watch to pieces or the bracelet either. So, or a press piece. Yes. Like, very important. 100%. <laughs> Well, I'm glad that, that she helped us figure that out. I, I didn't even bother. I was just like, I'm not going to even bother trying to size it. I left it to you. <laughs> yeah. Well, good. And it, again, it's just it, really, really impressed. It was the first time that I think I've had really long-term hands-on with an IWC. Oh, yeah, for sure. And so, yeah, I just like, I, I was, yeah, I was thoroughly impressed by it. I think it's a great watch. It's something that I could honestly see in my collection I just, it, there's just something about it. Like the quality was there. And not to say I didn't think about that before, but the IWCs that I've held have been older. Yeah, and so I, I had that like mentality of like the more vintage style watches and I, I've not gotten hands-on with a modern piece. And I was like really blown away by it. No, everything about it, like you can tell, I get, like, I mean, if you're listening to this episode, that's probably not the first episode of this podcast you're listening to. So, like, you guys know, like, we do, like, it, it's little details, especially when it comes to finishing, that mm -hmm. make the difference. You know, realistically, you know, any of us can go to, you can go to Walmart and you can get a $20 Casio that tells you what time it is. But, like, <laughs> the reason we spend this amount of money on a watch is because we do, you know, it, it's finishing and things like that. The new bracelet is mm -hmm. incredibly comfortable on the wrist. I love the little push clasp so essentially yeah. you just push a button on the outside of the clasp you don't even have to take your watch off or open the clasp push a button and you can stretch out the clasp to yeah. get a little bit of a micro adjust um so it's just little things like that the taper of the bracelet was great you know the case finishing is phenomenal the crown like the crown action is great the winding is phenomenal yeah. like there really isn't a lot that i can i mean i can say negative about it and we've had it and this is what i we've had the watch for two, three weeks, something like that. Yeah. So we have had, you know, plenty of time. Yeah. With it. So, you know, we can genuinely say that we've had a, a good amount of hands-on experience with it. Mm -hmm. Perfect. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Now that my wrist check is done, <laughs> <laughs> what's on your wrist, Kat? The boring old sub. Oh, that damn sub again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not much to say about this guy um, other than I love it. Yeah. That's about it. Oh, I mean... There's not a lot not to love aside mm -hmm. from, and this is stuff, like we've been, we, we, I've been here for like four hours and finally we were like, okay, maybe we should actually record part of this. Yeah. So, you know, I think the only thing is, 
is it's just there's so much Rolex hate that's going on right now. Yeah. And it's very fresh. It has to be frustrating as somebody who owns a Rolex because it's not necessarily that you feel personally attacked, but it's just irritating to see people attack something that you love so much. Well, I don't like I'm a person that doesn't like blanket statements, yeah. right? I don't like when someone says something and they're talking about a whole group of people, right? And right. I know that there's some douchebags that wear Rolex. Like that, that's without a doubt, just like there's other douchebags that wear other brands too. But, you know, I think to to make these statements that we see on a lot of these Facebook groups and stuff about, you know, Rolex owners and, you know, their crap watches and like, look, I've, I've been in this hobby for several years now and they're not crap watches. Like... And, and to say someone's dumb for like spending what they spend on them, I just think is silly. And like, I've never had a watch in all of my collecting and you, you know how much of a flipper I am. I've mm-hmm. never had a watch that was like, yeah, this isn't going anywhere. Like yeah. this is pretty much perfect and there's nothing I would change about it. And I have with this watch and I'm not saying it's the best watch around. I, I don't think it is. And there's certainly better watches that I even own, but I don't just just something about it. And and it's not like that for everybody and I understand that, but I, yeah, I just don't like I don't like all the hate that comes from from being a Rolex owner and I think that the brand has made some really great watches in the past and present and yeah. uh you know, everyone has different tastes and and I just I guess it's it's hard <laughs> it's 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 just men acting like boys, let's be frank, but um and I'm going to say that and I'm not going to edit it out because <laughs> it's it's the truth. Uh there's a lot of a lot of uh, people acting like children on, on online. So it, it does suck. And, and sometimes it affects me. It really does. And I have to kind of put myself in a different place and just don't, don't pay attention to that. Yeah. You know, I enjoy this watch for what it is and I need to just stay. And do I love Rolex? Do I love what they're doing? Uh, not really, but you know what? It's, it's okay. I like this particular watch and this means a lot to me. So, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. I think I think that's fair. It, it's something. No matter what you have, if it's the car you drive, if it's the clothes you're wearing, if mm-hmm. it's whatever, like having people shit on it, yeah. sucks. Yeah. Like it's yeah. just it's not fun. And I'm not saying that you need people's approvals or validations. And don't come at us and say, oh, you know, you just want to impress people. No, no, but it's like, not about impressing anybody. But you do also you you don't want people to shit on something that you love so much yeah. and that you're so passionate about. And, you know, it, I mean, it's the blanket statements, like what you said, again, literally everything about a watch is opinions. When mm-hmm. you get out of reading the details, I've talked about this before. It's all just an opinion, yeah. but you don't have to be an asshole about your opinion and you don't have to bring other people down because you believe this one thing, you know, yeah. and you believe, and I do. And I, probably been guilty about it you know just be like oh another douchebag Rolex owner whatever but you know also there are really great people who own the watches too and yeah you know I don't know if it stems from I think I almost feel bad for Rolex because I feel like (laughs) don't feel bad for Rolex no no it's not it's not that I mean it I feel like the the hate of Rolex is unfair because mm-hmm. and this is something we have talked about like it, in my opinion it really is the ADs who deserve like so much of the animosity that the brand is getting it's not Rolex's job to make more watches Rolex mm-hmm. doesn't have to make more watches and if we're being really honest a lot of you guys would be pissed if Rolex started making more watches yeah because you can say all you want that you don't think about resale value but I guarantee there's a little piece 
see that's like, hell yeah, I have this watch. I paid retail for it and I could go ahead and sell it right now and make, you know, double my money. Like there is a little piece of you that thinks that if we're being really, really honest and, and, you know, just kind of gut check ourselves because I think that I, (laughs) I've joked with you about this grand (laughs) Seiko I have and I'm like, I have to stop looking at prices of it because I'm going to wind up selling it because it's like, listed for double what I paid for it. And I love this watch and I've never like flipped a watch like intentionally to make money in my life. Mm-hmm. But like also I like money. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's, you know, it, it kind of sucks because the hate is just being placed where it doesn't belong. That You know, the, the experiences that you have with Rolex aren't from Rolex. If Mm-mm. you think about it, the shitty experiences you're having are at your local ADs. Yeah. And that's where, you know, be mad at your ADs. I'm mad at several ADs and I don't <laughs> shop there and I won't go there. And yeah. you know, that's just how it is. But I don't hate the brands that those ADs represent. Yeah. I just don't like the ADs and the people at the ADs. Mm-hmm. That's very true. Yeah. I, you know, I just think that like when people say like, Oh, you're buying you're buying a Rolex because of the name. You you want to show it off. And I, that for me is like that is so far from the truth. The, my Rolex is the one watch I don't wear out when I'm going out with friends yeah. or I'm meeting family. Like this is the one watch that stays home all the time. So it's not about the name. It's not about the watch. Otherwise, I would wear it anytime I'm going out to just show it off. Yeah. But yeah, it sucks a little bit. But you know what? I, I don't I don't take it personally. I really don't. It it just it I don't know. It hurts for like a second. Yeah. It hurts for like a second. And then you're like, oh, bless his little heart. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, so kind of bringing us to the topic we're going to talk about today, which is a thought that I've had recently quite a bit. And that's, you know, how many watches is too much? What what can I, I guess like what, <laughs> what can I tell myself is a good number to have? Because that number's changed. And, I, and I'm sure we'll talk about it in a second, but I'm sure it's changed for you too. Oh, yeah. And my number was always like 10 and it's been 10 for a long time. Well, I'm kind of like close to that now. And I also have had this policy within myself of like, okay, Kat, you bring a watch in, you need to sell a watch, right? Just to kind of keep that number safe because I've gotten out of control before. Yeah. And then I have all these watches I don't wear. And so in order to not do that, I keep the number low and I do a one in one out. But now I don't have any watches I want to get rid of. Like all the pieces that I have yeah. are really good. And then- I've been like, you know, you always kind of have like a list of things that like, oh, yeah, I really like this watch. I would like to get one of these in maybe a year or two. But then I'm like, well, what's going to go if I get this? Because yeah. that's been my policy and I don't know what to do. <laughs> that's what I've always wondered about one in, one out yeah. people. Because eventually, I mean, so we, you, bec- you become attached. Yeah. Well, so we've known each other two years now. Mm-hmm. And in two, you know, when you when you really think about it, you've only been collecting for about three and a half years so not that much longer than like we've known each other and your watch collection has just grown as it does it's Mm -hmm. not that you went out and you bought all these watches first day of collecting you know whatever like you started with a Seiko you've built up into this collection and you've done it the way a lot of people build up into a nicer house they Mm -hmm. you know you start with one you sell it you get another you know that's just how it works so but eventually you get to where you do have like things that you love. And I've always wondered because every, I know so <laughs> many people who are one in one out. And yeah. how do you, how do you pick? Yeah. Like, 
how I, I could not imagine because well, before it was easy. It was like, about. okay, it was the watch that I just didn't wear all the time. Yeah. That was the one that would go. And now I'm just like, I'm really attached to the pieces that I have and I don't want to get rid of anything. In fact, I was talking with a guy, um, maybe about a month ago before I bought this G-Shock mm-hmm. and he had this G-Shock for sale, the exact same one I have, the titanium camo. And I thought, uh, I asked him about trading in my Oris. And he was like, oh yeah, you know, send me some pictures. And I went to take pictures. And when I was taking pictures of it, because I, I don't wear that watch very often. Yeah. I was like, oh, I can't do this. I like this watch too much. I can't do it. Yeah. And, I had, you know, I, I had to message him and say, I'm sorry. I've changed my mind, you know. And and he was he was super nice and he totally understood. And I, I think he actually listens to the podcast. So I want to thank you again for just being so understanding if you're listening. But because I, I don't I've never done that. Like I never like, be like sorry, I changed my mind. Like <laughs> this kidding. doesn't happen. Um. But yeah, I just was like, oh, I really like all the watches I have right now. And I don't want to get rid of any, yeah. any of them. And But I also, I have aspirations to add more to my collection. But in doing that, I know what's going to come. And that's going to be the same thing that's happened in the past. And that's like, am I going to wear all of these? Can I justify having these? And I don't know how to get over the hurdle of it's okay to have watches that sit for a while. Do you ever have that problem? I, I stress out about yeah. that. I mean, genuinely do. Um, for me, it's, and we've had this conversation a, a, a ton. It, it's the hard part about spending large amounts of money on watches that I can't wear for work because I can only wear certain watches yeah. for work. So it's, you know, it's, I don't just have six watches sitting around. It's, man, there's like $6,000 sitting there yeah. that just doesn't even get worn. What's a number for you? Do you have a number in your head of a of a price that uh-huh. is okay to do that with? I feel like two thousand. That's your kind of. If, I feel yeah. like two. I mean, before that, before the great Seiko, <laughs> I said a thousand. Like, you moved before, it on up a little I'm, bit. I, I, it's eventually, it'll be like eight thousand. Like I'll have a sub sitting there, and I can't even wear it to work. Um, no, you know, I I said for a while. You know, like I said, a thousand. Now I'm at this two thousand dollar price point. Yeah, and I I can be okay with that. But also, like I, it, to me, it also gives me a reason to sell some of these smaller watches off that I had. That's how mm-hmm. I got the Grand Seiko. Yeah. Um, because I, I you have did sell a lot quite of, a bit I for that like one. Four four watches. Yeah. and it's not. It's not that I needed to sell them to fund the watch, but it was just that I didn't want all of these sitting around, and yeah. I. I struggle spending money on like myself. So like Mm -hmm. being able to just like know, oh, okay. Like, yeah, I'm spending $2,000 on this watch, but I just sold $2,000 on watches. So Mm -hmm. it's fine. It's, it's an exchange like in my weird head, like that's totally cool. Yeah. So, and I think that's kind of why I was okay with it. And it, it is nice because it gives me a reason to sell other things because when I look at my watch box I see all these watches that I do I used to love and not that I I hate to say used to because I do still have like an attachment with them and I think Mm -hmm. that's kind of what makes it so hard but they don't do like if if I'm not going to be if I'm not at work I really want to wear my Grand Seiko or I really 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 want to wear you know one of these other watches and it's also been my struggle in diversifying my collection. Yeah. Is because like I want to start having some nicer pieces, but also I don't want to have all this money just sitting around. It's not yeah. even about quantity for me. Mm-hmm. It's about like money that just sits there. The price wasted. point. Because you could have one watch that's 
$10,000 and that would affect you the same way as ten one thousand dollars yeah it's exactly. just like the money it's the just part the of it money that's wasted yeah. but then there is also like a like i have like freaking six g-shocks why like <laughs> why why and i don't wear a single freaking one of them yeah. ever like maybe i'll grab one out of obligation to go work out yeah but i don't find it like i i find it so uncomfortable to wear like boxing or anything mm-hmm. like that so and and to your point there i i feel that used to be me with Seikos. I used oh, to yeah. have a lot of Seikos because I would justify it because they're under, you know, say $500, right? Mm-hmm. And I could kind of justify that purchase a little bit more. And and that's not cheap by any means, but I, I could. I just had a ton of Seikos. And then, like, it was like I wasn't wearing any of them. And, and it's been so hard for me to fight that because – uh, I do like G-Shocks, but I'm really attracted to like Seiko right. divers. Like they're just, you know, SKXs and the turtles and all these things. And I had a bunch and it just got out of hand. And then I kind of took a step back from that. And I'd still like to add one, but I want to make sure it's like the one that like it's going to stay. It's mm-hmm. going to keep. I'm going to actually wear it. But those impulse purchases, they're so hard. And that's what yeah. that's what gets your collection out of control. It's those impulse buys. And then you turn around, you're like. Well, shit, now I've got over 10, 10 watches. What am I going to do? Because now I really. <laughs> and and I used to like not count my G-Shocks, but now I have a very expensive G-Shock. So it definitely so it counts. counts. <laughs> it definitely counts, um, which I, I I have to admit, like I'm I'm sometimes I look at that watch. I'm like, was I crazy to buy this? No, uh it's kind of crazy. No, titanium, a titanium G Shock. Um, but it brings you joy. It does. Here's it is. It is. It, it is awesome. You, you, I love when you wear that watch because, like, you just you always smile looking at it. You yeah. smile looking at it as much as you smile because looking at it's your blue. Submariner. It's blue camo. It's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. it's, but that's to me. It's it's for anybody who wants to say you know quote unquote Rolex snob. Like no, like I see. I see. I'm a G shock snob with your (laughs) (laughs) come at me yeah Uh, i see you with your watches and like i see you looking at them throughout the day and you get so much joy out of that g-shock i think it's ridiculous as fuck like it's really ridiculous i was like wait what you're gonna get is you're gonna get the uh i was like the bond watch okay cool like i'm down for that and then you were like and i'm gonna get this titanium g-shock i was like like one of the most expensive G-Shocks that's out right now. Where did um, they come from? Yeah. But no, it, so, it, but it's starting to be a quantity thing too. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I I have a ridiculously big watch box. Like mm-hmm. I, it was an Amazon purchase. I think, I don't even, I think it holds like 21 watches. Yeah. And because like I have like a lot of these like cheaper I hate I hate using the word cheaper, but like just these like lower price point impulse buy watches, mm-hmm. you know, that just kind of chilling in there. And yeah. it's just I mean, something's gotta give because I just don't like there's really not a lot of days that I grab a G Shock. Yeah. I love it when I first buy it. Like the white Casio, yeah. I was obsessed with it <laughs> for like a week. And then I'm like, okay, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I just got a friend sent me um his white Casio and uh I think because he wound up getting something different. I'm like, oh, cool. Like, now I'll have two. And I'm like, yeah. well, dang, what am I going to do with this one? Because I don't wear the other one. I It's so bad that I I didn't, 
I didn't even realize like the the gorillas one. Yeah, I had no idea it was solar powered, and I went oh. to pick it up the other day, and it it's like was dead. dead. And I was like, oh no, is it the battery? And yeah. then like I flip it over, I message. I have a friend who uh, is one of the guys who like really started getting me into watches, and yeah, like we were just texting. He's a big G Shock guy, and uh, I was just texting about it, and I was like, oh, he's like, wait, is it? Isn't that one solar powered? I was like. Is it? <laughs> so I flipped it over and I was like, oh shit. I, so I set it in the window for a day. Yeah. But that's how, like, I mean, those things like hold power for months. And yeah. it's such a cool watch. I just, I don't wear it. And I think, I think when we started this podcast, I was very, I wore the G Shocks because I didn't use my actual watches yeah. as beaters. Like, mm-hmm. I remember, I remember the big deal I made. Remember when I went to Gatlinburg? Oh, yeah. And I was like, I'm going to take my planet ocean. Yeah. And I'm going to like do things with it and yeah. hike with it. And I'm like, that was a big deal. Like, it was a big deal to me because yeah. I didn't do that. I babied it. Mm-hmm. And I would take like a G Shock. And now, like I, I wear my watches. And yeah. Anybody's seen my Instagram. Also, shout out to anybody who like still follows after my Instagram stories when I'm on vacation because <laughs> I have to be the most annoying person. No, you're not. But like I wore that. I wore the Planet. It was the only watch I took on vacation with me. Yeah. And I wore it. So I think that that it also comes with like my mindset change now. Yeah. Like now I'll wear my watches to do like some stuff. I'm still not yeah. going to work out with them. So I don't really need these G-Shocks. But what do you do with them all? Yeah, it's, that's a tough. I've given all of mine away. That's a, like yeah. it's more of a, it, some stuff it's genuinely more of a hassle to mm-hmm. sell. It's yeah. just like, I mean. Yeah, I think they're, to me, like under a certain price point, obviously they make really great gifts, especially like, you know, younger people. I've given uh, several to my cousins and like one to my brother. And like, it just, it makes a great gift, especially for those that uh, everybody, like people just love G-Shock. Mm-hmm. Like they're just cool watches and we've had some cool ones and, and I certainly have. And, you know, they love them and, and it makes me happy like that they really like the watch. Yeah. Uh, my husband likes the one I got him and he wears it more than any of the amazing watches I've given him. So <laughs> Uh, that should tell you something but you said that like you're welcome to welcome to being a parent like when, <laughs> when your kids are more excited about like the cheap stuff than like the the cool really expensive things yeah but I feel you and the impulses are what have gotten me in the past and I've yeah. tried to we've both been bad about yeah. it yeah aka looking at you how deep you swatch yeah. both of us own for no reason <laughs> at all I gave mine to my brother. I still have mine. I gave, I I gave what, it. Yeah, I gave it to him. No idea. What, oh wait, did we give mine away? Did we give? Wait. Uh, oh, that was a different Hodiki swatch. Yeah, that was the black one. Okay. I feel like yeah. we're just gonna. There's gonna be like random ten and two giveaways. Yeah. Of worn, Keep an eye out. Worn G shots <laughs> and a Hodiki swatch. Yeah. Um. But you know, I. I think one aspect that has changed a little bit for me is like I used to hate when a watch sat around for a little while and now I'm slowly becoming a little bit more used to that. Like my Grand Seiko that I have, I've gotten rid of that watch and I've rebought it. Right. And now it's in my collection. And I know I've told myself, Kat, look, you're not going to wear this watch all the time. And that's okay Mm -hmm. because you think this watch is beautiful. And when you wear it, it makes you really, really happy. And I don't wear it all the time. And but I'm okay with that. Like I've I wasn't I didn't used to be okay with that. You know, if I if, if I felt like I wasn't wearing it like every other day or something, I just felt like uh, I had to get rid of it. Yeah, it was just like sitting there around. Was something wrong with it? Yeah. So now, if I wear it, you know, one maybe one time a week, maybe once every other week, it's fine. And like I'm slowly coming around to that idea. So 
maybe I can justify more purchases later on, but I don't know. I still just have a hard time going over like the number 10 for some reason. You know, I just feel like it's more than I can wear. And I honestly would love to hear from listeners and and how you navigate this because it's it's a problem that I feel like I've had for a while. And yeah. I, I want to have more watches, y'all. I want more than 10 watches, but I don't know how to justify it to myself other than just saying like, it's what I want because I can be selfish. Like that's just, you know, we all have a selfish nature in all of this. Otherwise we just have one watch and be fine. Right. But you know, we want all the watches. Hashtag all of them. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'd love to hear how, how everybody else kind of like navigates some of this. If you do one in one out or, you know, how do you justify buying more watches than you know you really need? Essentially. Well, is there anything else in your life outside of watches that you put a limit on? Do you have a limit on like how many I know we don't have limits on how many camera bags we own. Definitely not. Hashtag all the camera bags. <laughs> all the bags. We we have the entire Peak Design Collection. So yeah, between the two of us, we're, we're gonna have a flagship store at my house <laughs> because we own like every single product. If if somebody knows somebody from Peak, like they should at this point sponsor <laughs> our podcast because they sponsor every day of our lives. Yeah. Um. Uh, so is there has there ever been anything else? Um, no, not really. Do you think that it's like a, like a financial practicality? You know, yes, because a part of me is, is, is guilt too, because I know that I talked about how we've grown up fairly similarly in in some aspects, especially like from a financial standpoint with our family. So Mm -hmm. like, I know like there is, I can imagine there's definitely a guilt to it. Yeah. And, and the other thing is like, my husband doesn't have anything like this in his life he doesn't have anything he goes and spends money on that's elaborate like this so he's very very frugal um so I do feel like oh do I you know is this fair do I need all this and you know I have all those questions that go in my head yeah but it does like when I wear them it makes me so happy like I could be wearing shit clothes like that I don't even care about but if I've got a nice watch on like it just makes me feel good Cat in her sweatpants. I'm wearing sweatpants. And, and I got there. Feeling fly. I'm in basically PJs right now wearing my sub. And I'm just like, yeah, this is cool. I'm ready to go out. Where are we going? <laughs> I got my watch on. That's all I need. Exactly. Oh, and bra. And bra. That's, that's, that's all I need. <laughs> I hate coming back from a beach trip. Because it's like a bit a week of like no bra. And I'm yeah. like, oh, man. <laughs> that was nice. Back to it. Bra makeup. Uh, uh, yeah. But you got a nice glow going on. Oh, the mask comes back tomorrow at work. <laughs> so it'll just be like, yeah. Oh, are y'all still mask? Oh, yeah. Dang. Yeah. Okay. I feel like we're going to be masked for a very long time. Yeah. For <laughs> long time. <laughs> long time. Long, long time. Oh, man. But no, I, it is, it's, it's interesting. It's, yeah. it's hard. And I don't, I don't know that there's a right or wrong answer. I think, you know, I think a lot of it is just how you grow in general. At mm-hmm. some point, you never could have imagined spending $500 on a watch. Well, also when I first got into it, I didn't have any limit. I was like, cat, you're going to buy whatever you want. Yeah. Trade whatever you want. I was like going crazy. And so then I took a step back and I did like, okay, let's keep it under 10 if we can, or mm-hmm. let's keep it under eight. And I did that. And then I kind of bumped it up to 10. And so I, you know, I don't want to ever limit myself by numbers, but you know, how much is too much? I don't know. And that's just a question. And I mean, that, if you're being technical, one is too much. Like if yeah, we're, if we're so. being really honest and I don't think it, it's really, Nothing about this is practical. Nothing about mm-hmm. what we what we talk about, what our our hobby is, is practical. 
and I think that that's okay. I think it's okay to know that, you know, there are people who will always like in the grand scheme of things, we're, we're selfish because there are people who, you know, who struggle and yeah. like, you know, we're very fortunate to be able to do what we do and have what we have in our lives. But, you know, also it, I love though, that you said that these watches mean too much to you because a year ago you didn't have anything that like you would say that about. And I remember, I don't think we did like a state of the collection this year, but the yeah. last year we did. And you were like, like, I want something that, like, I just, I, is, I'm sentimental about that, like, I have feelings towards. Yeah. And maybe, you know, it's not a watch that you bought for a certain thing, but, like, now you have that relationship with these watches that yeah. you never had before. It was very, you were, you were quite cutthroat about, like, <laughs> what you were getting rid of. Like, I was. quite cutthroat. Yeah. And now it, you know, I feel like it, like, there's a part of me that's, like, the, I feel the like I would like side <laughs> of me that's like in love with my watches. I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I think it was funny because like I remember there's there was like the cat in the past. OK, not the cat now, but the cat <laughs> in the past was like talking to you about, yeah, I might get rid of it. And I'd be texting you the next day. She gone. Like she gone. <laughs> bye. It's, bye. It's sold. <laughs> It was. It would happen so fast. It, it was, it like was a, a very quick process, for <laughs> sure. And now, like now, we talk about things. There's like a couple of days that goes into you know the thought process. Yeah, and we, and we talk it out and yeah and whatnot. And, and I think that is a smart decision. When thinking on purchases, is definitely been a better decision yeah. for me. And those watches that I've thought more about have stayed in my collection. Yeah. Well, I mean, even even something like buy, rebuying the Grand Seiko, mm-hmm. that was something that we've had so many conversations about. Yeah. And it wasn't an impulse thing at all. Yeah. You know, it was something that you wanted to make sure that you you're I think you're at this point where you're not just buying watches just to buy watches and you're not buying watches to try out watches. Mm-hmm. You're buying watches that you want because yeah. you love them. You know, you 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 know you you kind of you're coming into your own and like you know you know who you are as a watch enthusiast yeah that's very and true and I feel like that that's kind of the goal and it's something that I think we we all still kind of struggle with you know I I see people post about it like I don't know what kind of collection I want I don't know how I want to curate my collection and I feel like we've even said something like that and I'm like you know, I don't I don't want to curate a collection. Yeah. I just want something that's always going to be authentically me. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be afraid to let something go. I don't want to be yeah. afraid to make a mistake when I buy a watch either. I want to know that like I can get rid of something. Yeah. Um I do that I need to cut down on some watches. I haven't even <laughs> bought anything. It's just like not I yet. just still not yet. Not yet. I know it's coming though. Eventually. And I'm really excited about it. I'm excited too. <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah. So that'll be a whole another conversation. Oh. <laughs> and I can't wait for all the DMs after. <laughs> like it's gonna be hilarious. The, all the shit talking that you guys are gonna do. Get but it's ready. fine. It's yeah. fine. But no, I I think it's um it's interesting to see how both of our collecting has changed over yeah. the years. And I think we are both, you know, getting smart because like I've worked on watches for a long time, but like I haven't been into, into watches, but for about three and a half four yeah. years. And so like, I think we, you know, kind of have a similar like time frame into the journey. Yeah, because and we're I the feel- same. <laughs> 
totally the same person. Man. We had some like uh, ESP stuff happening to our to our brains on a, on a wavelength before we even knew each other. <laughs> before, by, way back in the day. But uh, I think it, it's interesting because I think we're, we're both kind of getting to a more mature stage in yeah. our collection. And we're not getting distracted as much. Yeah. That being said, Instagram needs to to go on somewhere yeah. because the temptation from social media is real yeah. as hell. And yeah. I've seen several people, and you were saying like several people have said that like they're kind of taking a break yeah. because they don't want that in their face all the time. Mm-hmm. It's hard. Like if we're being really honest, we're a consumer based, you know, market. And, yeah. and realistically, we're consumers. Like, yeah. yeah, it's just. Like we want and we want and we want and we can say we can be high and mighty and don't don't come at me being high and mighty and say, you know, we should be happy with what we have. Yes, we all know that. That's not the point of this conversation. But yeah. it's the reality that well, like and, there's and I, that temptation. There is. And, and I will say that like the people that are taking a step back, which I have certainly done myself, it's no fault to the people that are out no. there posting your photos because no, you're just no, enjoying no. what you have. It's just that there's a there's a few of us out there that really have FOMO really, really bad sometimes. Yeah, for and, sure. I think we all do. And I think sometimes for me, it comes in waves. And I know when I hit that, I need to say, okay, you're going to take a step back from Instagram. You're not, you're going to just need to stop Yeah, because you're going to end up getting yourself into something that you don't really know that you want or you're just itching. And I get that way. I get to itch for like something new. Um, and then I get in a lot of trouble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awkward conversations with the husband have to be had boxes that are ending up on my door and I'm like ooh how do I explain that's this that's why you send it to the podcast address I know I know <laughs> I'll never learn <laughs> that I just have to go drive all the way over there to get it and Jonathan goes and gets most I know. of the packages anyway. he does <laughs> he's He's our unofficial mailman. He really is. We should, at some point, like, give him a, I don't know, he needs, like, a nice Christmas gift or something. <laughs> like, please like, don't say a watch. No. This man has enough watches. No. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll gift him something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that wraps us up. I'm excited to see what our listeners say about this yes. episode. Leave comments on our Instagram page. Send us an email. Uh, comment on Facebook. We don't get no Facebook comments no more, but that's okay. Um we're not really on Facebook that much. So say, it doesn't really matter. You can Instagram, on Instagram. <laughs> Instagram is where we are at 99% of the time, and that's the easiest way to get a hold of us. So, um, yeah, let us know what you think on the comments of this post because I'm interested to hear what other people think about this topic. Yeah, so. no, definitely. Yeah. I feel like it's a very relatable conversation. Yeah. It's something that a lot of us really struggle with. So, Big time. but if you have the answers, please let us know. Share it with us. Yeah. <laughs> I need to know. So, that is my bank account. So, um, that being said, guys. Make sure it, follow us along over on Instagram, yes. Facebook, and Twitter at 10 and 2 Media. Um, head over to the website. You can take a look at show notes. You can leave comments there and whatnot as well. www.tennand2.com. And if you, whatever platform you're listening on, if you guys like what you're listening to, subscribe to the podcast. Yeah. Um, share it with your friends. If you have any watch friends as well, um, leave us a review, things like that. It just goes a long way. It helps the podcast be found a little bit easier by people and it helps the, the algorithms recommend it more. So, And we just like hearing reviews. I like to know what you like, what you don't like. It always, it helps. So yeah. Please let us know. Yeah. And I know like 98% of y'all listen on iTunes. So, because I know <laughs> I can see the numbers. So, y'all better be going and leaving us some iTunes reviews. Five stars. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> if you have any negative things to say, email it. Yeah. Us. Just send that in an email. <laughs> Info at <synergy.com. laughs> All right. <laughs> well, thanks, guys. Uh, we will be talking to you in, I guess, two weeks. Yeah. 
So, all right, talk to you later. Bye. Bye.